0: Book of Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 4, please. pray for the word of God with me this morning. Lord, we come to your presence this morning. We are in a season of fasting and prayer. Thank you for making our hearts sensitive to your Holy Spirit. And as God's people and God's servants have separated this time to hear you, we ask that you would make your word clear this morning. Break the bread of heaven this morning. Open the door of ministry this morning. May your word come forth with anointing and grace this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The book of Acts begins at AD 33, Dr. Luke gives us 20 years of history of what the first Christians are in the world. He is the masterful, meticulous historian for us that produces a two-volume work, first volume of Jesus, and his works and the second volume, which dovetails into that first volume, which we just read from the Acts of the Apostles. Chapter 1, verse 1 says, And Jesus began both to do and to teach. And until the day that he was taken up, and Luke is providing the details and the meticulous details for us. And the common theme of Luke and Acts is the Holy Spirit. You can't go too far in Acts or Luke without Luke writing about the Holy Spirit. It is the dominant theme for Luke in both of his writings. No other writer gives us more factual information about the Holy Spirit than Dr. Luke. When Dr. Luke writes about the Holy Spirit, he talks about the role and the impact of the Holy Spirit upon the church, upon the believer, upon the, upon the Greco-Roman world. Amen. The impact of the Holy Spirit is such that when the Holy Spirit moves, nothing remains the same. Yes. And he writes us to say that every significant person should be impacted by the role of the Holy Spirit And so he says, every person should be filled with the Holy Spirit. And and the necessity of the Holy Spirit cannot be overemphasized. And we read that the disciples were instrumental, and their focus was to add and multiply as they were preaching the word of God. Acts 13 is the beginning of a transition. The transition is that while the, while the title of the book says the Acts of the Apostles, there isn't much that we understand about the Apostles, saving for Peter, John, and Paul. Right around 13, Acts 13, the Peter is now moved out, and now Jerusalem is moved out, and now we come to Antioch. And the transition begins with Acts, where Paul, now Saul, becomes the Paul. And he becomes a dominant figure in this book. And Antioch church is now the focus. And Jerusalem church is on the back. And as Jerusalem church. the the, the believers had to be scattered because of the persecution and specifically the martyrdom of Stephen. And inasmuch as as the people began to be scattered, the Bible says they were preaching the word of God wherever they went. And as the... Persecution came upon Jerusalem. It is not the apostles only that were preaching. The Bible says the disciples and the church, they began to preach. And everywhere they went, the Bible says they were preaching the word of God. Yesterday, I looked into Google to find out how far Jerusalem was and Antioch was. Just over a f- little less than 500 miles, a uh, straight north trajectory is Antioch. Antioch, 500 miles north of Jerusalem. While reading Acts, it's quite clear one thing. That the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit filling the house. Holy Spirit filling the people. Holy Spirit filling the apostles. Wherever the Holy Spirit came, it filled. And up until a point where one dominant person in the temple says, You have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. It wasn't a random person that said that. It was the high priest that said it. He looked at Peter, and he said, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. It is no wonder that the anointing and the host of the disciples that were filled with the Holy Spirit took the Holy Spirit 500 miles north to Antioch. Yes, my friends, the church was filled with the Holy Spirit. The people were filled with the Holy Spirit in such a manner they could take the anointing, take the Holy Spirit to Antioch. Interesting facts about Antioch. Antioch is the third largest Roman city of the ancient world. Rome, Alexandria, Antioch. Antioch becomes the place and followers where Christians are first referred to, or disciples are first referred to as Christians, not by the followers of Christ, but by the non-believers. Eminent Antioch Church becomes prominent because later it becomes the epicenter of Christianity. And for 400 years, Antioch becomes the epicenter of Christianity. Antioch becomes the place where Barnabas seeks out and brings Saul to the place so they can work together. Antioch becomes the church that is established where Barnabas and Saul are sent from Jerusalem by the apostles for one year. Antioch becomes the place where relief and charity efforts come into Jerusalem where it's given by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. Antioch becomes the place where is the execution of the Great Commission, where they are going boldly to preach from Jerusalem to Judea and to Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Antioch comes, and we are given a snapshot by Dr. Luke. Dr. Luke's snapshot gives us a picture of the church of Antioch. A diverse church. Barnabas, a, Simi- a Levite that came from Cyprus. Simeon, Lucius, Manaean, Saul. Those names all come from various cultural ethnic backgrounds. Lucius of Niger, history says, comes from Africa. Simeon says that he's coming from Cyrene, which is possibly North Africa. Antioch becomes a church, a vibrant church of the culturally, ethnic, diverse church. But not only that, in that church, I want you to see, spiritually, they are mature, where there are prophets and teachers, prophets and teachers. Teachers of all classes, including one man by the name of Manaean, who happens to be the, the brother or some adopted brother of, of Herod. this morning I want to touch on briefly the activity of the Holy Spirit at Antioch. Shall we read that verse two again for me, sister? Luke now gives us a picture of Antioch. And the Antioch church with these prophets are now ministering or worshiping the Lord, fasting. I want you to understand something. A quick reading of that gives you the understanding that five people were sitting and praying. And the Holy Spirit came and spoke. Please don't get that impression. That is not what that text is telling us. The church in Antioch has prophets and teachers giving you five in number. The church gathers together and the church hears. And they are deliberate and intentional waiting on God and the Holy Spirit begins to speak. Point number one, Antioch has a church setting that is structured around worship unto the Lord. They are seeking the Lord and seeking for God's direction. I want to say that again. Antioch, the church setting, is structured around worship and notice it's worship unto the Lord seeking God's direction is the Lord. Hallelujah. Antioch, they're coming together and I want you to know, worship is not just lifting and singing. Worship is exhortation. Worship is preaching. Worship is prayer. Worship is fasting because that is what Antioch has taught. Worship is not Sunday only. Worship is not on stage. Worship is a lifestyle. Amen. And we can only be directed From a practice of worship. Movement of God is predicated only to be directed from that practice of worship. Antioch teaches us that the movement of God is predicated from a practice of worship. My goodness. Here they are. Engaging in God's mission. They are praying to be engaging in God's mission. They want to be in the center of God's will in doing God's mission. Not for their mission. Not for their work. They are praying and seeking God. And in this seeking, God comes in front to the the Holy Spirit. We are, I wanted to preach something else. I honestly did. But I couldn't take my eyes off this text considering where we are. We are in a season of fasting and prayer. We are in a season where we have been, this is the 14th day of our fasting. Holy Spirit is speaking to us. Are you noting what the Holy Spirit is saying? John Piper Pastor John Piper gives us a proper understanding of what church is meant to be. And sometimes in our busyness, in our familiarity, we kind of forget what it is, what we are called to be. John Piper says, the main business of the church is to obey the Holy Spirit in promoting God's glory among the nations by sending out workers called by God to preach the gospel. We sometimes, familiarity gives us a thing, that the church exists for us. That's a wrong notion. The church doesn't exist for us. We are the church, and we are to take the church to the world. We are the church, and the church is to see Christ in us. We are Christ, is it dwelling in us? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Today, this fasting and prayer. Can we ask the Lord this question? Lord, how do you want me to participate in engaging in God's mission? As we are structured around worship unto the Lord, that worship and setting at Antioch had, that worship unto the Lord, where they were seeking God's direction this morning, can we ask, Lord, what is my involvement in God's mission? Antioch Church setting structured around worship unto the Lord. Worship is meant to be for the Lord. Worship is meant to be hearing a place where we can hear God's direction. Number two, Antioch Church recognized the need for the Spirit leadership, hearing God's voice. Not only did they set their structure around worship and worship unto the Lord. But they said, we need to hear God's voice. They said, Antioch Church recognized the Spirit's leadership is essential for success. And notice, when they sat, when they prayed, when they fasted, they were waiting on the Lord. And the Lord came, and the Bible says something so powerful. As they worshipped to the Lord in fasting, the Holy Spirit said, separate me. The church is engaging in a kingdom mission. And this did not come out of persecution now. They are now in Antioch and there's no persecution here. But now the church is gathering and praying and asking the Holy Spirit, reveal yourself to us. Because how are we to be involved in your mission, Lord? That's that's the context here. And as they were waiting, the Holy Spirit comes to speak. The Holy Spirit says... Separate unto me. I read that. As I read it, I was crying in my room. I said, here is a church that is praying. And as they prayed, I want you to feel the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit. You to feel the heart of the Spirit. The two most prominent people in Antioch were Barnabas and Saul. And the Holy Spirit came into that room where they were, and the Spirit said, Separate unto me. Separate unto me. They are forbidden for me. I don't know if you're feeling that. The Spirit said, they are for me. Paul and Barnabas, I want you to separate them. Because I have separated them. The church is acting because the Spirit has acted already. And the church says, oh I'm sorry, the Spirit says, separate unto me. I don't know how long they prayed. The Bible is not specific, and Luke doesn't get into the details. And I think if that was me around there, and if I wasn't in that room when the Holy Spirit spoke, I think the first question I would ask, the Spirit spoke. Come on, who's the what's the first question you're gonna ask? Come on, come on. You all are silent. I know you all don't want to give the answer. How did the spirit speak? Who did the spirit speak through? That's the first question. Come on, that's that's what we all want to know. Luke doesn't get into that. That's irrelevant to Luke. Luke comes to the point and he says, The Spirit spoke. Amen. The Spirit said that's all that's necessary. It's not about who. It's not about the class. It's not about the social status. It's did the Spirit speak? Mm -hmm. The Spirit spoke separate. Separate unto me. Oh, the more I read that, I was so humbled. That the Lord, the God of divine breath, comes. Into that room and says, "I want those two people." For you. Amen. I don't know about you, glory. That crushes me. How the Lord can come in and say, "I want you." Praise I'm always reminded of that once portion when Samuel comes to speak to God. And Samuel is hurt by the fact that the people no longer want, they want a king. But God shares with Samuel something very powerful. He said to Samuel, they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me. You know what the powerful thing is? God comes to a prophet, and he's able to share his grief, and the prophet is able to feel the pain of God. Amen. A prophet is one that felt the pain of God, and God felt he could come to And I feel that same thing here as the Holy Spirit was speaking to Antioch. The Lord comes and he says, those two, separate me. Separate unto me. These days of prayer and fasting. Can you ask the Lord, Lord, I want to hear your spirit. I want to hear what you say to me to my family, to my children. What is it that you have for me? What is it for my life that you would like me to do? How is it that you would want me to order my steps? And I tell you, as we, were, as we would come in that manner, the Lord would come to speak to you and to me. Luke is giving us a prototype. He's giving you a snapshot about the early church. And he's taking snapshots. And he's telling you that the success of Antioch, how they were, could be, the missionary sending church, is because they heard the Spirit. He's giving you a snapshot about what went on. And he's saying, he's saying to you, Hey, hey, this is how they were successful. This is how you can be a mission center. Antioch, recognized the need for spiritual or spirit leadership. They had a sensitivity to the things of God. Number three, Antioch Church. Was one that sensed that partnering with God is essential to engage in his mission. They were ready to partner with God. Do you know, as I mentioned a few seconds ago, of the five, the two men that the Holy Spirit took, Saul and Barnabas had the biggest profile. They were prophets. They were known to be men who committed their lives to the gospel. And the Holy Spirit comes and says, I would like them for myself. And I don't know how they would have felt being losing, losing them for that time. But they recognized it's important. It's not about us. It's not about how long we are going to be here, but it's about God. It's about his mission. And the Spirit began to speak unto them, specifically, separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas, the power of that divine breath that utters, separate me. The other thing that I thought about was, when the Spirit speaks, he's very specific, Saul, Barnabas. Nobody else could ask a question, what about Manan? What about Manan? What about Simeon? What about Lucius? They understood. Manan, Lucius, Simeon, God will speak for at another time. God will speak for them. God will speak about them when the church waits another time. But today... But today, the Spirit is saying, I want you to separate me, Paul, and Barnabas from my work. The Lord Lord is speaking to our church in all these days of prayer. But I want to ask you something, and I'm going to put this there. We all have work. And, I, you know, some of our work's at night. Some of our work's in the morning. Some of the intensity of the work. We have children. We have schools. We have them to go to, you know, getting up in the morning. I, I understand that. I'm not, you know, I realize that we can't be here every day. But I want you to just be sensitive. If one person can go, let the other person go say, hey, I want you to go. Tell me what's going on. I want, and then the next day, you, the other person can go. Because God is coming and speaking. The Holy Spirit is speaking, and God wants you to be a participant. He wants you to be a recipient to hear what God has to say to you. And oftentimes, this is what I see, that even when God, of course, you have to be here to hear what God is speaking. But even when you are here, sometimes we're not here. Right? So many times, God is speaking from the pulpit, from places. But we're not there. Oh, we are in 343 Jerusalem Avenue. Or we are there wherever we are, where the the word of the Lord is speaking. But we're not there. We're on Instagram. We're on Snapchat. We're emailing. We're all over the place. But God wants you to hear. God wants to reveal himself to you. And so God, God expects you to have a disciplined mind to hear and wait for him. Because God has something wonderful to tell you. God has something glorious to bring you into. But more importantly, and I'm going to conclude. The church recognized the intensity and the importance of being participant in the engaging of his mission because if they don't, if Paul doesn't go, if Barnabas doesn't go, There's a field that doesn't hear. There's a field that doesn't hear. Paul could not go until Antioch sent him. Paul could not go. Barnabas could not go until they were sent. This morning, I bring to you a Paul is waiting to be sent. A Barnabas is waiting to be sent. The church needs to act. A church needs to be ready to send an usher as we are praying to hear the Holy Spirit, not just in sending people, but to hear the direction that God wants us to go. And this morning, as we are here, we are here's be open to hear, because worship is a sacred moment. Worship is a sacred moment. This is the moment you give in to God to hear what he has to say. And if you take that moment away from God, you're becoming a thief. In our office, if you're doing some other business during the business that, 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 that the employer has put you in, and you're doing some other business, it's called a theft. You know what it's called? A theft of? Theft of services. It's a theft of services. You're here. You're here and come to the presence of God to hear what God has to speak. Be mindful of the presence of God, that this is God's presence. And opening your ears to hear what the Lord wants you to hear. And don't tune out anything, because everything that God speaks is precious. Everything that God speaks is something for you, and that is a blessing for your life. Can you close your eyes with me? Antioch Church was structured around worship unto the Lord. They were seeking God's direction. Antioch Church recognized the need for spirit leadership. Hearing God's voice, Antioch Church was sensitive to the impulse of the spirit where they were partnering with God to engage in God's mission. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.